Shamai, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you can pick up podcast merchandise at shop.charliecharlie1.com and you can also get all of the episodes early, uh, earlier than anyone else. Anyone else in the whole wide world, you can get them early um, than the general, earlier than the general public by uh, becoming a patron of the podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash hkpodcasts patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hk podcast sign up there and you get all the podcasts early and some other perks and shizzle uh that's it onto the sponsors sponsoring the podcast today are unmanned air veterans unmanned air veterans are veteran owned they are veteran operated they are veteran founded and uh they were founded by a guy called Stuart logan Stuart logan is x32 regiment royal artillery he is he is. They are. So 3-2 Regiment, the Royal Artillery, they're a unit which support reactive force elements of Her Majesty's Armed Forces with unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs. Stu himself served for 17 years. He deployed for the first time uh, with the UAV systems, which was to Kosovo in 1999. And during his career, he deployed multiple times with the UAV systems, uh, including to um, Iraq and Afghanistan. During the tail end of his career, he had the idea to commercialise his knowledge, so when he was going to leave the military, to commercialise his UAV experience and turn it into UAV commercial services. But when he left, depression and PTSD kicked in. They had a massive impact on him and his family, and obviously uh, a negative impact on his aspirations to start his own business. However, um, he got support from combat stress he got support from the poppy factory and help heroes and also the x-forces network and he was all and he was slow spit your words out and he was subsequently able to attend a business coaching course at tedworth house he finished that he qualified and he was able to apply for a business loan and thus Unmanned Air Veterans was born and is now going from strength to strength. The primary focus of Unmanned Air Veterans is digital media, so promotional stuff um, or facility and site safety work. Uh, they do TV and film, uh, services to surveys and inspection of infrastructure and facilities. As I said, the guys behind this, so it's Stu Logan who founded it and uh, a mate of his from 3-2 Regiment Royal Artillery, whose name is uh, Tom. Uh, they are both obviously veterans. So if you need UAV services, then call on unmanned air veterans. To get hold of them, you need to go to um, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. They're on there. Just search for unmanned air veterans and drop them a message. These guys have got a, a vast amount of experience, not only in the military aspect, but also now in the commercial UAV services sector. So um, give them a shout. Unmanned air veterans. Thank you very much. Also sponsoring the podcast today are the Aardvark Group. The Aardvark Group employ a significant percentage of uh, a significant percentage of their workforce, I should say, are ex-military personnel. And uh, the Aardvark Group have been ex in existence since 1982. They came into existence with the express objective of developing a mechanical landmine clearing system, which would not only clear flipping landmines, but would also meet the design criteria which Aardvark's founders considered to be the prime critical factors. So basically, basically, no, specifically, for the clearance of all known landmines and uh, also for the location, identification and disposal of all munitions and unexploded ordnance. Um, there's a lot of landmines in the world. 
there's a lot of unexploded ordnance in the world. The, ta- the, the undertaking the task to clear the world of all of these things is no small undertaking. It is huge. The Red Cross reckons is in excess of 110, 110 million landmines around the world. That's a massive amount of uh, of landmines in an area in a country like Croatia, a pretty small country. Just Croatia alone, they and they they're not a country with like centuries and centuries and millennia millennia history of warfare. But nevertheless, they've got four billion square meters covered in unexploded ordnance and landmines. That's mental. Four thousand square kilometers contaminated by minefields, waiting to mess someone's day up. Aardvark have been trying to, or not trying to, they are ridding the world of these munitions. Unexploded ordnance. They've been doing it since 1982, like I said. You can, well, you can find out more about Aardvark at aardvark.group, but also, actually, they've got a discount code at the moment, which is valid for December. Just trying to think when this podcast is going out. It may still be valid by the time this goes out. Uh, the discount code is TAG30, Tango Alpha Golf 30. Uh, enter it on their store and get 30% off. So, yeah, tag 30. Easy peasy. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Just search for the Aardvark Group. And again, the website is Group. Thank you to David and everybody there for supporting the podcast and supporting the wider military community. Also, sponsoring the podcast today are Rugby Heroes. Rugby Heroes have been sponsoring the podcast since the very, 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 very early days. And even longer than they've supported the podcast, they have been raising money for military charities by organising fundraising events. Rugby for Heroes was founded in 2009, and they were founded in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whitaker. And Joe was sadly killed on operation, served with serving with the Parachute Regiment in Afghanistan in 2008. Rugby for Heroes started off only organising, only having one event a year. Okay, That's where it started off. It was all centred around the Rugby for Heroes Rugby Festival, basically in Old Demontonians RFC in Warwickshire, right smack in the centre of the country. And uh, up, until, up until the last couple of years, that's all you're doing, one event a year, right? And now they've got about two or three events a year that they do. But even with just those such a small amount of events, Rugby for Heroes have managed to raise over £110,000 for military charities and support the military community. One aspect, you've got the the, uh, the fundraising side of it. The other aspect, you've got the direct support uh, to the military and indirect support to the military community that Mike Valance and everybody at Rugby Heroes provides. Um, they had a lot of events lined up for 2020. COVID said no to those events. Uh, so you need to keep an eye on their website. I need to keep an eye on their social media to see when these events will be uh, be rescheduled. Um, their website is rugbyforheroes.org, rugbyforheroes.org. But more importantly, get on social media. The social media is always up to date, super up to date social media. It's easy to keep up to date. So on social media, they're at rugby number four heroes, rugby for heroes on social media. That's it. Thank you to Mike and everybody at Rugby for Heroes for supporting this podcast and the military community and everything you do. It is very much appreciated, 100%. That is it for the sponsors. On to the podcast. My guest today is John Bream. John Bream is a uh, former three-para, served on multiple operations, including uh, in Afghanistan, the, the last operation before he left the military. And John 
Um, John, John does wild things to raise, um, one, to raise awareness of mental ill health, and two, to try and inspire other ex-military folk to achieve everything they want to achieve. I think I'm articulating that right. Um, anyway, we got onto it. John's been on before. He's a nutter. He's recently jumped out of a helicopter. I, I chucked, I didn't chuck him out. I was in the helicopter um, giving him the thumbs up, the green light to go on a very stormy, windy day where he nearly bloody died, although he'll, he'll, uh, he will deny that himself. But uh, it was very, very close. Um, he raised over £7,000, I think, and he's a good guy. He's a maniac. He's a good guy. This is it. My guest today is John Bream. My name's Hugh Kia, and this is the H Hour Podcast. Enjoy. Recording already. We're recording already because you're a moron. Like, get, get, when you're recording? We're recording now. Now? Yeah. Get comfy. Oh. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right, pull it in. Pull the mic into you. Do you want me to sing to test it? No, pull it towards you. Pull it towards you. Pull the mic towards your mouth. Just pull it. Where it's all had like there you go. a right, you need to be keep days. You can just stay, you need to stay close like this. Yeah? Close like this. It's all hat and a tattooed gown. There we go. Yeah. What was that song? Pace of X, bright star, and you put it on your forehead. Keep over the mic. Save who spells and baby, there you go. There you go. <laughs> what song is that? Ride a white swan like the people oh, at the belting. I've got problems, you only adjust your camera. Give me one second. Where In fact, you while I'm, long, baby, while can't I'm go shut, wrong. shut up. While I'm adjusting your camera, is it? Yeah, sure. Don't no, do drugs. Both cameras. While I'm adjusting. Drugs uh, are bad. Hang on. No, because I had to move the cameras about for some, for some stuff I was doing in the studio. Right. Oh, no. Actually, drugs, he probably got very good lyrics. He got those lyrics from drugs. Don't go in a car with your, in a mini with your missus in the country lanes. Right. Well That's I'm, how he died. Listen, while I'm adjusting the cameras, you, you, you just give some life advice to people in general. Speak to the people while That's I Mark do this. Mark Boland. Just speak yeah. to the people. Right. Get, you're not talking to me. Speak to yeah. the people while I adjust these cameras. I've got to go off the mic. Right? Okay, okay. So yeah, Mark Boland, I'm sure he did lots of narcotics, but uh, he did wonderful songs, um, and he died in a car crash. So you know, unbelievable, eh? Um, life advice, life advice. What? Yeah, life advice. Give life advice, right now, the COVID pandemic, what's your one line of advice to people? It's good to know heights, heights of personnel, <laughs> objects. You know, I'm five foot nine and three quarters, the same height as Freddie Mercury once was. Fantastic height. It's an inch and three quarters above average height. Average height for a British male is five foot eight. Um, yeah. If you're going to tie, uh, um, if you're going to tie shoelaces, double knot every time. This is good stuff. Gold. Oh, God. Sorry, I'm looking at the camera. I'm nervous. I don't know where to look. Does my voice sound deep? Hello. Well, you can hear your own voice in your ears. Yeah, it sounds really high. Keep going with the life advice. Get properly life <laughs> advice. Imagine, imagine, right, you're talking to someone's, someone's kids, but they're adults, so they can understand, like, complicated words. So, life advice, John. We're going from 2020 pandemic, right, into 2021, well, pandemic as well. Always get legal aid. If you're ever offered legal aid, take it. 
Don't ever turn it down. Legal aid, yes, please. Right. And body shots, honestly, underrated. Always a body shot, mate. Boom. Um, yeah, you take the body, the head will follow, trust me. Um, oh, I've been dropped many a times with body shots. They're awful. Um, yeah. Uh, always have a joke. Always joke. I was, uh, I was driving a boat with, using my stomach muscles the other week. I was abseiling. Good one. Yeah, go on. You right, we're done. Sorry, right? Should I apologise to people? Was that worthless? Worthless advice was useful. That was good. Why is it important to know, <laughs> mate? John Bream, welcome back. <laughs> I feel really upright and nervous. Well, chill out, just relax. Why are you nervous? You've done this before. <laughs> well, why don't you pull the mic down a bit? No, not by the mic. He's a, sorry. I want to be like you, Liam Gallagher. You just, you put, no, put it down, not up. Down. Right, chill out. Let's get comfy, mate. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Do why I look relaxed? Why are you nervous? I don't know. Yeah, this is nice. Right, anyway. How's tricks? Yeah, really good. Ooh. Wanna expand on that? Drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. Um uh, yeah, N- no, I'm Yeah. That's it, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm good. No, all is good. Um yeah, the weather's been nice. I'm uh yeah. It's been nice. <laughs> How is your backside healing up? Oh, can we talk about it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, I'm not. The idea is you talk. Yeah, uh, my ass. It's I had a, a fraction fractured coccyx. Oh, I did. I thought you bruised it. I didn't realize you'd fractured it. Yeah. You, oh, I didn't mess around. Hiding details yeah. from me. Yeah, I hit a lot of details. Yeah, so I fractured my coccyx, uh, my left wrist, uh, my sternum, um, severe whiplash. Hang on, hang on. You fractured your coccyx. Yeah. You fractured your left wrist. Yeah. You fractured your sternum. Yeah. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Jesus. Yeah. John. <laughs> right. In fact, for people listening or watching who ain't aware, right, John fractured, did all these injuries, and these are just a few of the injuries, by uh, by by jumping into water. Now, that might sound a bit hard to believe. A fractured, a fractured wrist surprises me. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Slap. How did it happen, John? <laughs> well, apparently everything would have been okay and sorted, but apparently um, we've had many detailed team briefs afterwards. But the dispatcher, the person that operate, you know, gives the orders to jump, oh messed it up horribly, and it would have been fine. And that's the, yeah, that's the gen. Yeah. Mm. Who was the dispatcher? You. Are you serious? <laughs> You're no, not. No, I'm not serious. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, How much money did you raise off that jump? Oh, um, yeah. So we, we, we. Th- I think the whole event uh, totaled. It was just under seven. Th- I think we were touch under seven grand, and yeah, and we got um, a few thousand, a few thousand each to two charities, uh, support our paras and all call signs, um, and it was all in aid of mental health for uh, <coughs> British veterans, which was lovely, lovely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did the world's highest jump from an aircraft into water. Um, hundred and forty. It was a hundred and forty feet that I jumped. Forty-two point six meters. Um, no, pull your chair in closer. Right. So you were the boss, right? You don't move to the mic. The mic moves to you, right? But you were sitting far too far away then. All right. How's that? There you go. Happy with that? Well, Lovely. Yeah. So yeah, we jumped. Uh, jumped hundred hundred forty feet into water. Yeah, we did it into the sea, salt water. We won't do that again. 
we'll go into fresh water. It's uh, not so dense. Uh, so yeah, it was a very dense surface. And uh, yeah, surface tension. <laughs> well, the surface tension was a bit. Uh, we had a pump, but it was not effective. <laughs> so well, yeah. it was, but you also didn't jump into that part of the water. No. <laughs> Because it was like trying to hit a needle in a haystack. Well, to be honest, the whole jump, it should have been canned. It should have been cancelled. Uh, it nearly was because of a, a, a hijacked oil tanker in the in the Solent. But luckily, uh, the good old bunch down in pool sorted that out rapid. So that was good. Um, but we had many cancellations due to permissions, the helicopter, all sorts of hurdles. And it was a real pain. But um, we eventually got there. And got the jump date, got everything ready. And like I said, an oil tanker uh, nearly messed up our plans. But we managed to to jump on the 26th, October the 26th, which was a Monday. And yeah, it's well, the whole jump, so everything was great. We had all the BBC helicopter, um, our own helicopter, five safe, five boats, vessels and, and press and whatnot. And yeah, it should have been cancelled because of the weather. <laughs> but the drama was, the trouble was raising all that money to pay out for everything, the helicopter and, and the boats and what everything, and, and then to just cancel it, to just pie it off, would be a drama. Uh, it would be a nightmare. So we just flew the evil Knievel fuck it flag, it's called, and uh, we went for it. We did it. <laughs> I definitely did it. I broke my ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't realise you'd fractured the sternum as well. That's quite an achievement. Yeah. In ch- when you think jumping into water. I know. Quite an achievement. Uh, it's more of a sit into water. It wasn't a jump. It wasn't like a pencil jump. Because, uh, yeah, the winds were so bad. Well, you remember, we were flying out and, you know, the pilot looking around and everyone everyone was good. The boats that don't take their water out into that, that sort of condition and everyone knew what was going on, but, but we went for it and it was brilliant. Um, you even looked around at one point shaking your head at me going, this is mad. <laughs> Yeah, was mad. Yeah. I mean, the problem, I mean, the problem with that kind of thing that you're doing there, jumping from a heli into, into water, open water like that, is um, you, you, it's very like ideally when you you when you're training to go and achieve something, you try and do you try and train in all the conditions that you're going to be actually doing the test on the day or doing the, in this case, mm-hmm. um, the setting the world record on the day, and to do that for what you were doing, it's not feasible. Because how much money would it cost to get a helicopter for every training jump you're doing at water? Uh, you know, and all the practicalities of it impossible. So um, it was not easy, mate. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I I was sitting in that I was sitting in that early, <laughs> gave you the thumbs up, and at the same time I was thinking I would not be doing this. <laughs> I don't care who be sticking the thumb up to me. I'll be going fuck off, <laughs> yeah, jump it. It's not happening. Yeah. I don't like heights anyway. But that was crazy. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. It was a good day. It was uh, no, it was a good fun day. Um, yeah, we we did well. We uh, everything came together. All the all the team. The team were good. They? Oh, they're fantastic, weren't they? The team the team were really good. Um, you know they all, you know Ian with the boat and Mike the medic and and Dom Dom in the water with one leg Joe the safety divers. Um, yeah, they were brilliant. Uh, and then yourself in the heli with a. Uh, with Andy, it was brilliant, and uh, obviously my, the lead safety of it all, Nadine, who coordinated it all and pretty much ran the show, you know, and and got everything in place, which was which was mega, you know. So yeah, I can't thank everyone enough. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was <laughs> the fact that the safety divers got washed away because <laughs> it was so windy, 
you know, it's all, it was all good fun, you know, but everything was okay, and obviously you saw me before I did a jump doing the old Wim Hof, you know, getting the oxygen in, so yeah, when I was, when I was down there, I didn't take any, uh, to take any water on board, you know, I was uh, clear, <laughs> mm. yeah, it was good. Question for you. Yeah. You are, uh, you obviously, you like, not strangely, but uh, you got an extreme care for raising awareness, extreme yeah, care for where he's raising awareness for, for mental health. I mean, to the point where you you put your life at risk, right? Um, where does that come from? Why? Where does it come from? Where does your where where does the wish for you to raise awareness of of mental ill health or or mental health? Where does that come from? What's what's driving you? What's driving you, mate? What is it? Well, it's the fact the fact that what I've been through and experienced, you know, ex parachute regiment and. You know, some of the fun places we were sent to and what we did, you know, you were there. Um, yeah. Uh, and then coming back and just just trying to settle, trying to trying to be normal, you know, trying to slot in and, you know, the the, the veterans coming out and, and trying to get on with, by, you know, the life and what's going on. And it just, yeah, <coughs> just trying to, trying to show lads that it's all all right. It's all... You know, we're we're not we're not all, we're not going to be normal. We're not going to do basic stuff. And if you do have mad mad stuff and ideas and all that, yeah, go for it. Have a, have a laugh with it. Enjoy it. But don't give up. Don't don't be going killing yourself and stuff like that. You know, because it's a nightmare. You know, people don't want all that. So yeah, just just do your mad stuff, but enjoy it at the same time and have a, have a load of fun with it. What about your experience with it? When uh, what was your did you find it hard then? So when you say uh, coming back, trying to slot, slot in, trying to fit in, it, d- what are you talking about? What, you're, have you had experiences where it's been difficult like that? Oh, it's been because we've never spoken about this. Mm. You know, it's like yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm a Christ. When when I I was when I got out, I was 22 years old when I left. You know, and that's a pop, isn't it? So well, yeah, yeah, I was 22. Yeah, yeah, joined at 17, left at 22. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was out and and had three tours under my belt. And uh, including the invasion of Helmand, and uh, yeah, it was uh, just to come out and try and slot into a normal life. Uh, you know, I had a, a wife and kids, a wife and kid in a house, and to just try and get a normal job. It was yeah, I would, I would look at people, you know, like a normal bloke who'd drive a lorry, and he'd have his lunchbox and do his job, and he'd talk about his hobby, you know, like cars or football or stuff like that. And I'd be looking at him thinking, mate, this can't be what life's about. If this is what life's about, I'm going to go jump off a cliff. I can't do this. This isn't normal. And I'd look at people and, and see what, what what made them tick, what made them happy, you know. Some some people would just be like, yeah, I've gone out shooting at the weekend or, you know, shooting some clay pigeons or, or whatever. You know, no, you know, I'm not knocking what they're doing. It's normal and it's completely, it's lovely. You know, blokes go weekend, yeah, I like a bit of beer and watch football and all that. But obviously, I'd come from what we'd been up to, um, which was exciting stuff and, and, you know, on edge all the time. And I just thought, that can't be it. That can't be me. That just can't be, that can't be life. So I've always just, I don't know, I'd rather chase the adrenaline, really. So, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how is, is that sustainable? Um, it depends what you're doing, really. It depends, you know, I... Don't be reckless. Don't don't be doing you know crazy stuff that's gonna 
gonna gonna kill you. You know, well, at least if you do, train for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, do, do do stuff, do things, but but do it within reason. And yeah, don't do what they say is impossible. There you go. That's a good <laughs> one. Yeah. Life advice, more life advice. Um, so no, I meant that was life advice. Yeah, do, do it, it was. Yeah, yeah, but why? Uh, what? You've had normal jobs though since you left. Surely, I mean, you obviously you did a lot of work on for TV and film on mm. safety and. Well, when, I, when I first came out, I uh, <coughs> I got a little job doing up post offices, like as a labourer, and then that lasted about three weeks, and then I was a hod carrier, and then I was a scaffolder i got um did a bit of scaffolding which is yeah just basic jobs did uh, i think i got a job hard jobs mate well i got a job emptying flats for 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 the council into temperature and i just thought what is going on i didn't find i couldn't find and then i found the trees um tree surgery you know tree climbing and it was lovely, you know, I had my chainsaws, so I thought, oh, this is like my weapon, and I had my harness and my kit, and I was like, oh, this is like my webbing, and stuff like that, you know, you get your helmets and your gear, and it was all a bit war, and you have to really think about the job, and you have to, you know, there's a lot of brain power involved, you know, you need to learn new knots, new cuts, new angles, types of tree, how things, and, and being outside, and, you know, I've got to take my dog to work, and, you know, it's physically demanding, <coughs> And as I mentioned, the important thing again is using your brain all the time. So yeah, the trees did me a wonder, one you know, wonderful, wonderful thing with them. And then, but I did everything I could. So I worked for companies, and you know, I worked on the railways, I worked on power lines. You know, I was trying to get as dangerous as it could get. Big, big domestic tree jobs for cranes and stuff. And then I thought this isn't enough. And then I started up my own business, and and I did that. And it was just no, nothing seemed, nothing was really getting me nothing was uh, enough and then and then i took on other i went on to other rope industries uh, um so like uh uh rock climbing and you know uh, i did uh, orata which is industrial rope access I did, you know stuff like that and uh yeah i've I, well and like you mentioned i worked with television like behind the scenes doing safety and bits and bobs like that and uh yeah i, I became i got to the top of these trades um, and then I became instructor in them. So I'm instructor in tree surgery, instructor, instructor status with Orata. So I'm at a real good, you know, I'm at a real good uh, standard. You know, well, pretty much the top you can go. And yeah, so so with the rope stuff, and and I started watching the TV, you know, what doing the TV stuff, and I just thought I could I could do, you know, I could get, you know, I could do some of that raise the awareness, things like this, you know. I've got some ideas and, and some thoughts. And, and yeah, I, it's basically like with the trees. I, I thought, yeah, I thought I worked for people, did, did it, and I thought, I can do this for myself. And I ended up starting my company and things. And now I'm doing stuff for the television. And, and now I'm seeing bits and I'm a bit, well, I could give that a bash. You know, because... We're not liars, we're, you know, us, us like, we're not, we're not liars, we're genuine people, we're, we're genuine, what we do, what we say, is what, that's it, you know, that's what, that's all, it, we are what we are, and, and coming out with these stunts and things like that, I thought, yeah, let's, let's, let's do some good stuff, and what, but the best thing you can do, 
So I'm doing the stunts and all that, which is for me, which I love, which is great. But the best thing you can do is help people. And and that's one of the best things I've ever done is helping people. And I thought, whilst I do this, I'm going to raise awareness and help people and do stuff. So that's what I'm doing at the minute, yeah. Is that you... Is that you... Are you trying to assign yourself some sense of purpose there? Like, art manually? Is that what you're trying to do? And I, I asked the question. I asked the question because... <coughs> Uh, I've experienced this myself in mm. terms of uh, lack of identity, lack of uh, sense of value in the mm. world, lack of a sense of purpose, mm. and 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 thinking, "Oh, I had this. I was in. I had this. Mm. That was there was no question of sense of purpose, sense of value in the world when I was in the military, and I've left. Now that's gone. And then I went looking to try and sort of uh, uh, this is what is one of the reasons the podcast came about. It was yeah. it was another trying to give myself a sense of purpose. Um. And uh, is that what, do you think maybe that's part of it? Is that what you're trying to do? So you're trying to give yourself that mission. You're trying to give yourself that that uh, emotional connection to something that gets you up and drives you towards uh, towards that goal. You're setting yourself a mission to achieve. Is that what you're doing to try and fill a gap somewhere in, in yeah. your emotional like needs? I'm an entertainer. I I I I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, you mate, you're wild. You're entertaining. You're wild. Mm. You've you've you got bags of energy. You're full of energy, right? And you, it, th- I'm asking the question because you you seem to be right. And I mean, we knew each other when we were serving, mm. but not very well. Mm. You know, we had some limited uh, <laughs> communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since, obviously, since you left, got to know each other a bit better, and mm. it's just—I I just, you know, it's just what I'm seeing is like uh, throwing bags of energy, at mili- chopping and changing the mind of what you want to do, what what needs to be done, what is important to you, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just asking, like, what's the reason behind it? Yeah, I, I, no, you're right. Um, yeah, it's, it's that sense of purpose, and, and it's not and uncommon, John, either. It's not mm. uncommon either, at all, amongst people like us. You know, uh, sorry, I jumped in there. No, sir. No, it's all good. And no, we are. No, I, I, I strive for a sense of purpose, belonging. Um, but I'm really. <coughs> what I've always been, um, and that's, I love, what you know. I have to love what I'm doing. I have to be passionate about it. Otherwise, I can't do it. There's no, there's no two ways about it. If I'm not passionate, I don't love it. I don't care. And that's it. Might be a bad trait, but that's me. That's just how I am. And. Uh, and something something I love, and that's I, I I just I'll never ever let go uh, from my short time in the Paris. Just just the lads, just just the the boys, you know the the lads. I'll never never lose that, and and I just, just so anything I can do to help or or things like that, you know, I'm on it, I'm on it, and I just want to help the boys. Um, yeah, and if it plus I love doing mad stuff. I love it. It's why, why do you like why? Because I find everything else rather boring, dull. I find it takes a lot to impress me. I'm just, I don't know why. I just, I do all this great stuff. I've done loads of good stuff. And just, I don't know, just, mm, I, I, I don't know really. I, I just, I, I, I suppose when I was younger, I always wanted to 
to have something like, you know, I, I, as a young boy, I always wanted to have a, a record or a first or something, you know, oh, he, he was the first to do that or he was the, you know, he's got the record for this. And, and I always wanted a record, always, always wanted a record as a, as a boy, always. So, yeah, so something like that's nice. Um, yeah, and I just, whenever I've seen stuntmen, daredevils, things like that, you know, since a lot, and I'd always sit back and people would be like, oh, wow, do you see that? Or this. And I'd always sit there and think, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Um, is it the, uh, is it the, is it the achieving the stunt that you want or, the, or achieving the record that you want? Or is it uh, that plus, plus the opportunity to sort of be in a public eye in a way to push whatever you believe in, like the mental health awareness kind of thing? Are well, they coupled together or are they two yeah, separate things? Well, so, so what, yeah, so, so you're right. I love the, the stunt and, and the, re the record and, the, you know, that's mine. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've got that. You know, brilliant. Um, but doing that, you know, I didn't want to be, that's great. And, uh, th you know, having that is wonderful. But then if I can help people at the same time, that is, that is awesome. That's, that's, that's my key. That's what I want, you know. So don't just, you know, so if I get, you know, getting record uh, or getting, you know, I've got more plans, more ideas, more stuff coming. Um, and every time I do it, I want to be screaming about the boys. Come on, you know, help the lads at the same time, you know, get amongst them. Because there was, I just cannot get over the great characters that we've, you know, we've walked with uh, and they just disappear or they just fizzle out. And it's like, what? What do you mean? As, as, as you mean as personalities? That yeah, just these, these great people that we know <laughs> and, and we've, we've been alongside and, you know, to just, to just slot into society and just, just, you know, get on with life. And it's just like, wow, you know. This was this was one of the you know nuttiest people I've ever met in my life, you know, and and now what's he doing in in London or wherever he is, and and I just think how can that happen, you know? I think these people they're the best characters, and and they're just you know just I don't know I just I don't. There's nothing wrong with that though. No, there's no. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing you, wrong. You know, but what I mean is there's still this. Can't we just? you know, get together or do something or, or get get something like, I don't know, just a... And that was where Project RV came along initially. Um, so getting the Power Edge lads and, and the bootnecks together and doing a bit of adventurous training, that's where that sort of came along. You know, just spark something in them, you know, these dormant instincts that the lads have got. You know, it was to, to inspire them to be, you know, so they come along jump in a mad waterfall, do, do a crazy abseil or something and then get back and just grab the ball by the horns with life and just get, you know, like think, yeah, come on, I'm not just going to keel over in my job or, or whatever I'm doing. I can, I'm still me and I can still, still achieve anything. But to play devil's advocate and that, yeah. mate, it's like, just because, it doesn't, just because they're in, in the plod, plodding along in life, doesn't mean they're not happy. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone, everyone measures success in a different way, right? I mean, and I, we, I know, I know, I know. Like you feel really strongly about this. <clears throat> it's like you, you see it in a way that you see everyone that you serve with. Well, most people you serve with as incredible people yeah. who could achieve a lot in mm. their lives. Now, that's a lot by your measurement. Okay, 
how you what you detect to be a lot a lot of quality stuff, yeah. And you can't understand why they leave and they just go into again in inverted commas mundane jobs, just normal nine to fives, and they aren't trying to they aren't trying to capitalise on all that unique experience and capability they've got to apply it in their lives in Civic Street and be and, and achieve greatness, right? Again, against your measure, but I think about it a, a lot because sometimes, mate, a lot of the time, people that's what people just want. They want that. They've done what they needed. They've done. They've been satisfied in life already. Already, they've like achieved the pinnacle of what they thought was capable. In a lot, you know, especially in our era, right, is what they thought was capable. <clears throat> And then they get out and they go, I mean, look at Basha Baines. When did Basha Baines come up in conversation the other day? I can't, oh, I was on the Cineas Guild podcast with Ben Garwood and um, uh, Luke and guess and uh, Basha Baines. You know, you know only, Basha, yeah. didn't you? Fucking character. Mm. Oh, God, frightening individual. Didn't he end up a postman? Exactly. Oh. Exactly, right? And I thought that was a myth, okay? Mm. So Basha Baines, for people listening or watching, he was just, he was, he was one of these characters who's larger than life, right? As in, Larger than life, but dark. He's a dark man. If you're on the wrong side, he's a dark man. And if he was your instructor or anything like that, he's a dark man. He had a lot of experience in. He had a lot of experience in um, interrogation, didn't he? And uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Anyway, left became a postman. Now I always used to crack the joke that became a postman. Yeah, as a cover for what? Like what is he doing on the? Po- but no, apparently he's still a postman to this day. Guy did, and he did full time as well. He left as like a W1 or W2. I don't know if he got commissioned. Maybe he did. Um, but he left. And he's happy with that job. He, he, like, there's nothing wrong. He sort of has to accept, like, what satisfies other people or what satisfies you may not satisfy other people. I would honestly, I would love to be, I would love to be a Basher Baines. I would love to be a, now in Sibby Street, I, love, I would love to be someone who could be content with a, 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 a normal job routine going to work you know doing my job coming back sitting down go to the gym routine every day go to the gym have my dinner with my missus and my kids and then fucking whatever get up next morning do the very same thing on the weekend maybe play some rugby you know all, all that kind of stuff but my brain doesn't work that way mm. like it, it, it doesn't work that way and wh- one of the things I've, i sort of i'm tr- i'm understanding now is it's you you're your purpose and your value in life. We often look to what we what we spend most of our time having to do to get that purpose and value. Um, when we're trying to sort of do artificially assign it, which you can't do, but so we look to our what what do we do for a living? How do we make money? What keeps us going that way, right? When it doesn't have to be that way. The way I look at things now is, I'm lucky. I've got a job I enjoy, right? But it doesn't give me fulfilment, like life fulfilment. Do you know what I mean? podcast there's a multiple bunch of other stuff that does that sort of subliminally podcast is one thing being involved with charities is another thing being involved with like mental health was another thing helping people out when it comes to another just all these other little things right but what the job is it's an enabler i go to work because i have to earn money to exist yeah in it so it's just something that has to be done and i'm lucky i find a job that I, i enjoy quite a lot okay now for people who don't have it don't enjoy it. The job is still an enabler. What's what they do with their other spare time? That's where your value in life. If you need it, if you need it, because some people grow up, mate, and they never have that. They're 
I say some, most people, 90% of the population out there, they never have the why am I here question. They don't have it, John, right? They don't have the sense of purpose crisis. They don't have the existentialism like crisis. They don't have it because they've never experienced anything greater than what they're doing. They've always been, and I, again, no, I'm not, this is, that's just the way it is. I'm not saying they're any worse than us or any better than us. In fact, they're probably better than us because they've never had, they've, they've never had the extreme highs and the extreme lows that come with the questions of why the fuck are we here? They are on a happy plane. Sometimes they're happy, sometimes they're sad. Sometimes they're happy, sometimes they're sad. They're all around the same average going through. And because there ain't many, um, there, ain't, there aren't very many variables in their lives that can cause massive emotional distress. Okay, like you know, I, I know you name it, fucking X, Y, Z occurrence, right? They aren't common, they aren't regular. Okay, then they don't. They never have to be. They never have to ask those questions. Never think, what the? Why am I? Why am I postman? Why am I a postman? Basha Baines, right? If he's been a postman since he left, and I think he left what oh eight oh nine, something like that. I thought it was earlier than that. Ma- yeah. He must be yeah. fucking happy, John. Mm. I'm telling you. And I, again. He's happy. He's got routine. He's just like, done it all. Yeah, cheers. I'm going to earn my money now and do what I want to do in my spare time. That's mega. Mm. I would kill for that. I would kill for it. I would kill for it. Mm. Well, I wouldn't try and kill Bush Beans because he killed me first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to answer your question then, those... those did, I ask a, did I ask a question? Did I? Yeah. Where well, was that? Was right. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that, those, yeah. Those people that you mentioned, yeah. Well, obviously I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Um, yeah, be re- they wouldn't be reaching out for help or or things like that. But the ones, you know, but well, I say that, but they still would like to come up. You know, they come out the odd weekend and get a bit of excitement for filming, which is lovely. But yeah, but it's <coughs> you know, well, I'm talking about the people that have you know h- hung out the side of a, a chinook with a jimpy firing away and you know and all that, and now all of a sudden they're yeah, you know, you know, just just pottering around in a mundane sort of job, and and they just need that bit of extra you know it's that it's that sort of stuff and and i just want to make them feel that you you know you shouldn't have to f- to to settle if you don't want you know if you want to set like you just talked about if you want to settle and you want to be like you are that's lovely yeah brilliant all you know all, all four yeah mega but if there's that bit inside you and you're thinking nah this isn't for me i need more i need more that's where i you know go for it don't hold back don't don't you know you just go for it and and don't let anything stop you hmm. well that's how i like to uh, think anyway don't let anything stop you no yeah no you're right mate. i mean part of the problem is when you when you're when you're struggling with that kind of or with an issue is identifying really what the root cause is hmm. you know and you and you can you can quite often revert to assigning the blame or the reason for it on something that is not the root cause like for example job or relationship mm. or or whatever right um and when you do try and identify the root cause if you get that fine it's just sort of ident- it's sort of understa- analyzing your own consciousness and emotions and stuff you'll find that it's super difficult to identify what the root cause is and it's also super difficult to identify what it is you really want or really need, you know, for a lot of the guys, uh, Project RV, the guys get down there, mega, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, it's one of the reasons I enjoy speaking to people like you, you know, who we, I used to serve with, it's like my favourite part of the day, especially when I get someone on I used to serve with, because I'm reconnecting, <laughs> and I'm part, I'm back in the tribe, 
is what yeah. I'm backing. I'm backing the tribe. Mm. People with shared experiences, shared backgrounds, mm. common understanding of how and what makes us tick. You know, and that that that's part of it. Go on, yeah. are you going to say something? No, no, I don't. No, I'm just agreeing. I, I that like you says about the tribe. That's that. That's a big thing. You know, that's that that purpose, that belonging. Yeah. Well, it's huge, and mm. and when people are exposed to when people uh, find themselves within the tribe, like we didn't choose to be in the Power Edge tribe, for mm. example. People don't choose to be in the Bootneck tribe. Mm. People don't choose to be in the, you know, Team Rubicon or um, a React mm. tribe. Well, they choose to join it, but then they find themselves, mm. they find themselves a part of this group that, and they're so emotionally connected to it, they never want to leave it because it's so different. Because, ex- because everyone has the same kind of thought, the same emotional investment, the same drive towards what they do, ultimately, which is to, to, do, to, to sacrifice their own time and effort and other things to do good things for other people, of which they will not benefit. You know? mm. um, once you're exposed to that, it's really hard, it's really hard to step away. And when you, when, you, when you leave it, for whatever reason, you know, if you're forced to leave or you choose to leave, for whatever, like military, for, for whatever reason, you find yourself yearning for that, the whole the whole uh, the whole way i know a person i know a person at the moment actually it's interesting who um he'd never been ex-military he'd never been ex-military never been military um and what he he's he, I, I don't know he seems to be struggling with uh, uh uh that sense of value sense of purpose existentialism question why that why am i here that so that is common to the likes of ex-military folk who leave but he's not ex- he's not mili- he never was never military and it's in- it's interesting from the perspective but he's p- pure civilian mm. you know and um and that's what he's that's what he's trying to move towards he's he's, he's like identified as I, he's he seems to want to be part of something greater than normal life he wants to be in a circle of people greater than what the normal circle of people are because for whatever reason they're not satisfying him and he and he's quite closely connected to ex-military folk, and maybe it's the case if I see that, and I and he sees how we look after each other, we back each other up, and we are generally honest, decent individuals. And it's and, and now he seems to he, it seems to be what he's identified as what's missing in his life. Um, but then how how do you address that? Well, here's the question now, I suppose. So when you, you know you know the issue when you're talking about ex-military folk. And the answer from ex-military and whether you're civilian or not, it's, it's, it's going to be the same answer, I think, or the same, move, the same, yeah, the same solution. What is the answer to it? So you're missing something in your life. What is, your, what is the answer if you're not military? What, how do you, where'd you get that from? How do you become purpose. part of a circle like that? Purpose. Sense of purpose. Honestly, it doesn't matter... It doesn't really matter what you do, as long as you're passionate about it, but it's, it's, it's having that sense of purpose in what you're doing, you know? And then, th- th- obviously, the more people involved and, and stuff like that, it's, uh, yeah, that's that tribal tribal bit. There's a good old Albert Einstein, uh, a life worth living is one lived for others, you know? It's purpose. That's Well, that's how I've seen a lot of my stuff, you know? I think, all right, as, as long as I've got a good sense of purpose, all was good. What but you again, you <coughs> from my experience, you can't artificially assign that. 
So when I was having those questions at my sort of lowest lowest times, it was a, why am I here? Well, I don't need to be here. I've got nothing to live for now. Literally, that that you know, that's what it was like. Mm. And I tried to find and again uh, uh, and, and manually assign myself a sense of purpose. But the sense of purpose comes from it comes from the subconscious. It comes from within. It's not something your conscious can assign, right? Uh, it, it isn't. It can't be because you know it, it's not. Then it's it's driven by your mind. Then it's not driven by like from the you know your heart from your fucking soul. It, does that make sense? So what I what I ended up doing was one of the things that moved me into a state of mind which was sustainable. <laughs> should we say <laughs> was um. It was actually a, a Jordan Peterson. I was reading a Jordan Peterson book, and one of the, and in, and one of the things he said in there is that you, you, you is basically alluded to that in not so many words. Is you can't assign yourself, you can't assign yourself purpose or value in life. But what you can you can do is you can demonstrate to yourself and to your subconscious that you you are valuable because you're able to achieve, right? And you start that off with the most basic build, basic building blocks. So, for me, I would give myself a mission every day, right? I, I, I remember the, what was the first thing I did? I remember the first time I, I, I was literally said, I read it and a sort of penny dropped when he said, when it was, I realized you can't artificially assign yourself that sense of purpose. You can't simply give it to yourself because you're fucking bluffing yourself is what you're doing, right? And I... I wasn't living well at the time. I was like, I wasn't brushing my teeth twice a day. My sink was filling up with dishes. The house wasn't clean. All that classic, I don't give a fuck about anything anymore, right? And I, I set myself the task of, right, tomorrow, I'm going to get up in the morning, brush my teeth straight away, and, and, and that was it. I think it's all I said, right? Because sometimes I'd brush my teeth in the morning, sometimes I wouldn't. It depends. Oh, sometimes I'd brush it fucking like six hours later. It's just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. Like a thirty-odd-year-old man, this is at the time, and I set myself. And the aim was set yourself a task that's easy and achievable, right? Smart, smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, tight, and timely, right? I did it. I got up. I did it. I achieved it. I felt good, mate. And all bear in mind, all I did was brush my teeth as soon as I got up. I felt good because there was a mission. I achieved the mission. That's what I did. And as soon as I did it, I set myself the next task for the next day. Do the dishes as soon as I have breakfast. That was it. And when I continued to do this, I started achieving the smallest of things that I wasn't achieving before. I was jacking on myself. But because I started achieving, I'm achieving stuff in life. That's valuable. When you achieve something, it has value, Right. And I started, and that's how I continued on. And there was other things that came in to help me forward. But what happened was, as life went on, I realized that the question of why am I here, what is my value in life, I am useless, and the, the, you know, the, the thoughts of I am useless, the, the, they disappeared. It wasn't that I answered the question of the reason I'm here, what my sense of purpose is. It's that the question has disappeared. They went. I was no longer questioning it. I was no longer looking for a reason to exist. It disappeared. Because through achieving those little things and, and demonstrating value, 
not to anyone fucking else, to myself, and demonstrating value and the smallest of measurements within me, in the subconscious, I was valuable. There was a reason to exist, simply to do the right thing. And that's it. That's literally how I think of it now. It's like you ask the, what's the reason why you, fucking hell, fucking welling up. <laughs> Jesus, welling up, mate. I hate thinking about that time. I hate, I hate it. Because I, I was so, um, it's horrible. It was horrible. And I know, <clears throat> fucking Jesus. And I know other people go through it. And they don't know how to get yeah. out of it. Mm. It's horrible, mate. And, 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 and uh, I, I make it sound easy. It's fucking not. Mm. It's not. It's horrendous. Um, but where was it going with that? Oh, I can't achieved. remember what the fuck is the same. You were achieving. Fucking Jesus Christ. That's how you were achieving. Yeah, and that's, and that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm setting myself these, I'm setting myself these goals, these, these tasks, and that's what I'm going for. But as I'm doing them, I like, I just, I want to help others because it just feels so much better. Everything feels so much better when you help someone. You know, it's all well and good. You go, you going off and winning or doing whatever you want to do. That's brilliant, but nothing tastes as sweet as when you help someone. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to smash these and help people at the same time. And that's my aim. That's all, that's all I'm doing, yeah. Yeah, you're right, mate. That's, what I, that's, that's I just remember I was going. Yeah. That's right. It's like it, that's how I see it now is fuck everything else. You look at, you know, you look at what, what's your, what, what is the point of life? Why are we here? What do you want to achieve? And people look at it, some people look at it in a materialistic way. Oh, I want a big house. I want to have this. I want to be financially secure yeah. when I'm old. And the way I look at it now, from, 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 from what I've learned in my own sort of journey, is that fuck all that. Mm. I want to be, I want to be on my deathbed. I don't want to be on it. But when I'm on my deathbed, <laughs> I want to be thinking, I want to look back and go, did I, lead, did I lead a generally good life? Was I gen? And I say generally because we fuck up, yeah. you know. And did I was a ge- did I generally do a good life? Was I generally a good person? Mm. That is it. And I don't have that by the measurement of oh, how many you know, uh, how many, uh, how how much money did I raise for charity or how much you know how much money was able to put my kid's bank account or X Y Z? No, it's just a general feeling. Was I mm. was I good? Mm. It, was, was I good? And the way I live that out now is I usually. You just try and do the right thing. You can't achieve it all the time, but just try and do the right, good thing. And it's not achievable. And oh, I'm fucking right, we fuck up sometimes because it's, it's, it's com- life's complicated. And often a lot of the times the materialistic side of stuff and the financial side of stuff plays a big part in what your moral decisions are. And it's, it's, super, it's super hard. But in general, if you're doing the right thing, you're doing the good thing. And like you said, helping people out, mate. You you were trying to be the shining light of look. We can achieve. Mm. You we, this is what you can achieve. This is how you can be. You don't you know if you don't want to, you don't have to have your Monday job. Yeah, but there's a goal. If you you got a goal or you want to do something, go for it. Don't let nothing stop you. That's all it is, you know. And just yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, you can have your big. Fancy boat or your nice house, whatever. I don't care about none of that. Are you a good bloke? Are you a good bloke? That's how it used. To, that's how simple it was for us. I didn't care what car you drove. I didn't care where you lived. <laughs> right? If we were going out on the piss on the Friday, 
uh, and you're a good bloke, uh, uh, you know, just, a good, you know, oh, I'd sling you a top or you sling me a trousers or someone sling you 20. No one cares. We just care if you're a good bloke. And, and he's even, didn't care what colour you were, what you looked like, what you believed in, none of it. Are you a good bloke? Are you a dick? You know, that's all you care about. And and this is what I mean. I just, just want to help, help people. I just want to help them. You know, they're good people, help them. See them right, you know. I don't care about all the stuff, all the material, nothing like that. And what my aim was is a big goal, and just to show us, don't don't stop, don't let anything stop you. This is this was my big goal, and that was it. Yeah, it was my, my. I wanted the world record. I wanted the world's highest jump from an aircraft into water. I wanted something to say, yeah, that's mine. I got that. Boom, and uh, yeah, and just show people, yeah, just get out and do it. I've, you know, I'm just a normal lad. <laughs> you know, I went out, I trained hard, and. I've raised the money, and yeah, thanks for everyone that sponsored. Those that didn't, ha- uh, th- those that didn't sponsor, fuck you. No, I'm joking. You can <laughs> you can sponsor next time on the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know it was great. It was just helping everyone, you know, just like nice one, brilliant. Oh, Mike. By, by the way, sorry, Mike Valance is here in the club, so he wants to see you. Does he? Are you gonna pop? Yeah, just say hello. Nice. He sponsored you. Remember to say thank you. Mega. No, brilliant. <laughs> no, thank everyone. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Yeah, awesome. Um, but yeah, just just, and like I said, you know, you know, if you are happy in your job and your life and all that, mega, you know, it's just great. You know, love your life, brilliant. Be nice, don't be a dick. Be nice. But if you are in a job or, or it's something's going on with you, and you don't like it, or something's not good, change it, change it. If you've got a dream or, or there's an idea in the back, of you, don't hide from it. Go for it. Nothing can stop you. Your own limitation, aren't you? Don't nothing can stop you. Yeah. I mean, difficult one. That it's not, you know, it's like people people don't see the opportunity out there because they've never been exposed to it. We are super lucky. We are very lucky. Um, but we, I mean, you people like you and I, and I mean people like in our our network and our circles of people who work with the circuit, right? Because we've been exposed to all of the opportunity out there and all the support that's available and. And uh, yeah, so all the opportunities there. It's just, you, literally, you can pro- you can achieve a fucking hell of a lot yeah. without having to have a hell of a lot in the first place. Um, and for, but for most people, mate, can't see that. I mean, it's not you know, it's not simple to change your job if you only know one thing and that's scaffolding, or you only know one thing and that's accounting, or you only mm. know anything and it's flipping soliciting. Mm. So, hang on, solicitoring, soliciting, Solic- soliciting. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Yeah. How'd you do it then? How'd you, how'd, you, how'd you do it then? If you're stuck in a job and you fucking hate it right now. Someone's stuck in a job and they hate it right now. They aren't aware of it. Like they, are, they, they just don't see the opportunity. Do you know what they we should go, do? What do they do? Do you know what we could do? We could put them in the butts. All right? You know the range? You know, when you're on the ranges? Put them in the butts. All right? Yeah. Explain what the butts are. Uh, that's when you're... At the, so imagine a long rifle range and you're shooting your rifle down at the targets... There are people, uh, it, you know, the sand area where all the rounds land. Underneath the target. Just underneath, you, and you hold the target up on a bit of 4x2 wood, and you've got a target, and people shooting the targets, you know, and then you lower it down, and you patch it back up, and or if <laughs> you get an arrow and point to where they're landing, you know, where their grouping is, and stuff like that. Put them in the butts. That's uh, <coughs> Yeah, that'll wake you up, make you uh, realise that life's good. Well, actually, yeah. Do, do it in, in Brecon in February. And yeah, life is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'll wake them up. 
What's uh, what's your next record, mate? What are you gonna go, what are you gonna do next? What's uh, on? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Spill the beans. I've got a few. I've got a uh, so I've got a few. Um, well, I've <laughs> I can't really. The, the trouble is right with all this stuff. You can't really give away too much. What was the feedback like after you did the jump then? What for my jump? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, loads of people. Loads of people were like, "Way nice one!" You know, you're doing raise awareness, brilliant. But then we had <laughs> the other side, which were, you know, just oh, what an idiot! You know, like getting sent to hospital during COVID. You know, so I, I did go to hospital, yes, but I was in and out with. I think I was in and out within two hours. Don't listen to us. No, it was brilliant. Mate. No, 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 it was funny. It was, it was good. I went in there and, and I lift the Christ. I lift morale. The hospital, they loved it. They were all taking bets on what the injury was, and when they found out I jumped from a helicopter, that nobody won. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. taking bets on, on what the what, mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Was. Oh, is it an RTI or is it? You know, has he fallen down the stairs? And then it turned out this lads jumped from a heli. They were, oh, no one guessed that. And uh, yeah, and the trauma doctor, they were loving it. And, and the trauma doctor, thing, he carried my bags out to the car for me. He was chatting away and, oh, you're doing it for the... And the hospital was dead anyway. Yeah, I was sat next to people. I hope that's... In- Go on. No, I yeah, well... I was, was going to crack a witch joke about the hospital being dead, but I want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the type of people that were in the hospital were, you know... Just bums, you know, like just in there for wasted, you know, just just. Why are they bums? Well, wanting a free dinner. Oh, oh, my dinner's cold. Or, <laughs> you know, oh, can I? Can you give me some money so I can get a taxi home, please? You know, to the, you know, get out of here. You know, you wasted. They had a lot that were wasting the money. I went in and had a proper checkup. <laughs> they were opportunists. Like yeah, they opportunists were. Like you. Yeah, fair one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, but no, it was good. Uh, some of the comments um. Yeah, because I ended up um, on a thing screen of "Have I got news for you?" And there's always one quite. It was brilliant, you know. A few, some people are oh, wasting time, da, 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 and and there was there was a few funnies, and, and some people got serious. Oh, he's raising money, leave him alone. That, honestly, it's funny. It's the the arts, what people are saying, and they're they're normally categorised. You know, it's normally four general sort of things that people comment. You know, like oh. Don't waste the NHS's time, or what an idiot, Darwin, or you know stuff like that. But one bloke he wrote, "Good God, he's a double daredevil. He jumped without a mask during COVID." It's <laughs> 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 brilliant. Yeah, it was a. Uh, so yeah, there's stuff like that. But no, it's all it was all fun. Um, yeah, and and it got it went worldwide. The the story it went all over the country because of the BBC and obviously their footage and. And uh, yeah, but it went around the world. It went all the way out to America, Australia, and them. And I, I was getting interviewed from like Brazil and places like that. Brazil? Mm. What did they want to know? Mate, you try uh, try operating Zoom, mate. What a nightmare! <laughs> Have you gone on Zoom? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not a great issue. Go on, what oh did you well, struggle? what did you struggle with? <laughs> well, when you first go on it, it's muted. I was uh, just chatting away for ages, and then. In the end, a woman held up this sign saying, we can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I had loads of interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. I was a, um, but, but yeah, it was all right. And people, it, it was just, just to make people smile, really. You know, the, the old stunt and them. Yeah, I have got a lot more stunts. I've got loads in the pipeline. Uh, i got one early next year that I'm going to do. It involves height again. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite, it's, it's actually very, it's going to be about 800 feet this next one. Um, yeah, I know. Is that the one you told me about? 
No, 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 no. Oh, that's come it. on, John. I can't. Uh, listen, come on. Some Tell, of spill the beans. <laughs> um, Is it an official secret? There are some that are secrets. Um, let me see. Hang on. Yeah, so I've got so, I've got some some stunts that are going to come out, and uh, because the trouble is when you when you because you, you've got to come up with these ideas and stuff like that, and people just jump on them. They jump on them and and they go for them and things like that. So it's quite uh, quite secretive. Um, no, yeah, no, the one the one I told you about. Um, no, that needs to be that, that needs to be kept stum. I'm afraid. And uh, is it more dangerous than the one you did from the heli? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, the, the helicopter one, I was never going to die from that. You know, the training... Oh, John, John, bollocks. No, but hold on. You were one face second. down yeah. in the water, <laughs> yeah. not breathing. I was looking for my goggles. Hang on, I was, uh, for at least 15 seconds. No. At, yes, you were, John. I think it was 30. At least 15 <laughs> seconds. I, man, I thought you were fucking dead. Nightmare. No, nightmare. like I said, it, well, the second they got to me and wrote, you know, like, John, I was like, yeah, I'm just looking for my goggles. <laughs> No, um, yeah, no, uh, before that, I'd, I'd just like to thank to uh, Airborne Sean Vine uh, at the Crystal Palace BMF uh, for, for all the training and uh, programs. He, he's the one that helped me get fit for the jump. Yeah, awesome bloke. Yeah. BMF, B Military Fit. That's the one. Yeah, yeah it's Sean Vine, yeah. The Crystal another, Palace branch, yeah. Another, another Bear Grylls endeavour now. Yeah, I know, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wonderful. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. So Sean was great. He, he's fantastic. I, I never, I don't remember him being that fit. Sean, it's just all of a sudden overnight he's this fit lad. What's going on there? Right, you're <sighs> just picking him up, right? And now you're slagging him off. No, Sean. No, well, I'm allowed to. He's my mate. Sean Vine. Sean very fit. Yeah. So, um, oh, so so he you never did used to be. training with with him, and he's working for B Military Fit. Yeah. Well, yeah. he he did uh, he does some little uh, sessions on on online. Oh, I know, I have a nightmare clicking onto those. Um, yeah, and then you just follow the programme. Yeah, it's brilliant. He's he's working out and you've got to follow him, stay with him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was that. Was that. Um, where was I going? Yeah, stunts. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch more stunts. Loads of stunts from height as well. Loads, of, well, yeah, there's a lot of height. Um, but yeah, they're different stuff. They're not just jumps. And uh, yeah, some... I think some we've had. I think there's a bit of interest from abroad, so it's you know it's things like that. Which country? America. Yeah. So um. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be all right. Well, and plus they got the fantastic weather because that's the trouble over here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You, I, I want to give away more, but I don't think I can. Well, don't then. Well, that's the trouble. Yeah. Anymore. I know, but but yes, but there are a lot more stunts, a, l- a lot <coughs> more's coming. Yeah, modern day evil can evil. Just need to learn to ride a motorbike. You don't got a license? No. What do you need a license for? To, ri- to ride legally on the road. <laughs> what about, can you dive? <laughs> are you able to dive? What do you mean? Dive. Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, I mean scuba. Scuba dive. Yeah, I could do that. Why don't you do some, why don't, why don't you do some scuba orientated? Because uh, it's boring. What? It's boring. Mate, it's more dangerous than jumping. No, it's not. So Rolling around bends? underwater. No. It's no. No, it's all about being airborne, isn't it? <laughs> you see, do you know James Glancy? Do you know of James Glancy? Ex-SB officer. Was that the action man, lad? What? You had an action man, lad, on here. 
Action Man. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That was uh, that Stephen Blade. Steve Action Man. Yeah, he did the voice oh. of Action Man or something. Oh. And Andy... Andy Torbert. Torbert, there you go. Yeah, no, so no, you no, do no, know no. him. No, no, no. Uh, James Glancy, ex uh, of, uh, SBS officer and bootneck. Marine. Um, Marine lad. Yeah, oh, and he'd the, be um, oh, hang on. He'd be welcome to Project RV. <laughs> Sorry, God. Yeah. He, um, he d- I mean, he's on TV and film, uh, TV and media, shit like that. Uh, I do you know what? I do know him. I do know him. He, I watched your podcast. I think he's, he's an MP. Him, Isn't he an MP now or something? MEP for a Th- short time. That's the one. But uh, anyway, long story short, so the reason I mention him is because he uh, he is heavily involved with Shark Week over in the States. Have you ever heard of Shark Week? Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, I never knew about it so I spoke to him. Shark Week is a week in the USA where they everything on TV and f- everything is all about sharks. Mm. And uh, he did a thing last year or the year before last where him and, oh God, I can't remember his name, Australian SF guy, you got bitten in half by a shark. Anyway, they jumped from a helicopter into, in inverted commas, shark in, shark in, in, uh, shark in, shark in festive waters. Uh, jumped into the water. Hang on, no, it wasn't a helicopter. No, no I do know this, lad. He parachuted yeah. in. He yeah, parachuted yeah. in. They, I do uh, know this they story. Spent, yeah, yeah. They basically stayed in the water. Bobbed around see, in the water. To see, yeah, to see how long they could survive. And they were there for, I think they knocked on the head after maybe 36 hours, four, or 42 hours maybe. Replicating World War Two, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, I do know the story. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a load of, because cool uh, yeah. there, there was a, 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 a ship got sunk, didn't it, in World War Two, and um, a, uh, a US Navy ship, and there was something like 3,000 sailors on board, I'm butchering these numbers, and most of them survived the torpedoing, but... Something like again, I'm completely inventing these numbers, but there's a lot of people. Seventy odd percent of them were killed by the sharks in the water. After these sharks just fucking mauled them, and James Glancy and is it Stephen De Gelder? De Gelder? Couldn't tell you. Oh, Paul De Gelder. Oh God. Oh man. Sorry, I can't remember your name. Uh, not that I know you, but I'm apologising anyway. You don't listen to this podcast probably, but I'm sorry anyway. Um, <laughs> They jumped in and spent, and they were able to see how long they spend this water. Mate, you should watch the footage, mate. They got like, they jumped in, they had these prods, and these sharks are coming, and they're like, no, not prodding them, they were like palming them off, and Mm. yeah, epic. And the only, I think they got out after 42 hours, I think they were getting bored, and they are getting very cold. Yeah. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? Because he's just done it. Do something better. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, yeah, I'm open to ideas. Yeah, I'm not, you know. I'm open to lots of ideas, but uh, the ones I've got at the minute are, um, yeah, quite fun. <coughs> how do you, uh, how do you cope with having a mind like yours, as active and as uh, and and is in, in need so much of stimulation of a very particular kind? How do you cope with it? I do you find it a problem? Does I it cause you issues? A constant. I can't, I can't tell people all my thoughts all the time because. Well, my biggest fear is uh, was regret, and my other's biggest fear is uh, getting put in one of those mental asylums, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and not being allowed out. You know, Jack Nicholson, he goes in the mental asylum and they don't let him out. Why would you get put in there? Well, I don't know, it's just a fear. 
I think they'll put me in there. Is it genuine fear? Are you oh, serious? They wouldn't let me out. Are you, well, are you joking? Are you? Well, I'm joking away, but no, don't. You no, know, it's sort of a worry as well. Don't put me in there. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I just, I just got all these thoughts all the time, all, all these ideas, and you know, I, I do r- write things down, and then, um, yeah, but I can't, I can't always tell everyone all my ideas all the time because I'll burn people out. I'll exhaust them. I just, you know, I just constantly got. You need a team. Mate. You need a team behind you. This yeah. is obvi- this is the way you are, right? You need you need a team where you can go blah, 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 and just mm. chuck. You can just ver- just spew verbal yeah. idea diarrhea, idea diarrhea, diarrhea idea, right? Hey, to them, and they go like this. Work, this fucking needs to be mental. They have one of his episodes again, but yeah. let's work with this. This works. This works. This works. This not this, and they can. Prioritise and arrange yeah. and manage. Cause that, yeah, because every so often they get a bit gold, you know. But um, would they be Vietnamese? This team. Pardon? Would, they, they, would there be Vietnamese? Would they be? Team? Are they a Vietnamese team or are they British or are they you, Australian? What, what team do you want? Well, I don't know. I think mix it. What? Could you explain to me why the the Vietnamese would be significant. Well, is it the Vietnamese that write quickly or is it Chinese? Who are the ones that dictate? You know, I mean, dictate to them and they're very quick. No? <laughs> no? Fucking joking. Oh, all right then. Okay. That's all right then. You just poo pooed that one, didn't you? Yeah, you're not in the team. <laughs> you're out. Yeah. Um, no, uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, no. Uh, do. I'm sorry. I ca- I'm trying to think of giving you more how I can. Give more of these stunts out. That don't, I've got don't, next year. That. don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't, don't compromise anything. No. Yeah, I was going to say because early next year I've got a, a new one um, <coughs> that's going to be coming out. I don't need a dispatcher, thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a good call for you. Hugh, what are you doing on Monday? <laughs> I'm glad I, glad I come down and help, mate. I'm glad yeah. I come down and help. I've regretted it on the day. <laughs> what was it? Four days' notice I gave you? Three days or something? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. It was more the fact that I had to fly back in. So you hit the water. <laughs> I see you face down the water, not moving, arms out. Like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> the helicopter pilot couldn't see, right? So I was like, fuck. And he's like, he, he circled around and we, we banked and we could see, he could see that. <laughs> like, oh my God. You could see the boats and the, the swimmers, the rescue swimmers trying yeah. to get to you. Because the water was hideous. Yeah, day. it was bad, yeah. Here's why I didn't like that day. One, I thought you were dead. <laughs> And two, when we flew back in, so we had to come fly straight back in to land. Who was waiting at the hotel, John? When I arrived, hang on, when I arrived at the hotel uh, where the HLS was, and I uh, landed there with the pilot, right? The last I'd seen of you was doing that dive and being faced on the water, me not knowing what was going on. I couldn't get hold of anyone on the phone. I tried ringing Nadine, going, what, is this, Is he all right? It's, like, couldn't get hold of her, because obviously she and the team were dealing with you. Who was waiting at the hotel when I got in there? Tell You tell me, John. <laughs> who was there that I deal with straight away? Yeah. Who said, oh, how did it go? How is he? Who was that? Who asked me that? <laughs> My dad. Your fucking dad. <laughs> and your mum. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Right, light at them and go, yeah. Yeah, I think it went all right. We couldn't see properly. <laughs> couldn't see it, properly. Yeah. He was in, I have a poker face on that, mate. Yeah. It was hideous. <laughs> and then uh, it was fucking hideous. And then I got a panic call about 15 minutes later from Nadine. Ring the ambulance! <laughs> In a Scottish Welsh accent. Yeah. Ring, ring the ambulance! And uh, 
Um, yeah, and that wasn't easy. <laughs> mate, because the ambulance, I rang. I, 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 okay, he said, get, she said, ring the ambulance. No, get in there now, run away back in, get the ambulance. And uh, I rang the ambulance, rang 999. Flappers. Who? Oh, you, no, you lot are no, to do it. <laughs> and uh, the ambulance, like, right, what's the problem with the casualty? It's like, don't know. <laughs> I said, where's the casualty? I don't know. <laughs> and they go, what? <laughs> don't know. I said, right, listen to me, this is what happened. He's jumped from a helicopter into water. He's hit the water. He he's not had a good uh, not had a good landing. Oh. He's he was unconscious when he hit the water. He's in there for at least fifteen seconds. I think at the end it was like 20, 30 seconds, isn't it? At least fifteen seconds. Okay. I am at the place where I need you to pick him up. Do you know what the ambulance service did? I swear down, man. <laughs> they said I will call you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. They were, the lady said, right, okay, right, uh, okay, I'm going to have to go, but I will call you back. No, 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 yeah. man. I'm thinking, has that ever happened before? And I, got a, I got a call back and the su- supervisor going, can you explain to me what the problem is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you it was a good day. Well, it was a good know, day, yeah. It was not, I did not enjoy it. did not enjoy it. That was unusual. Though, I enjoyed it? everything up until you hit the water. Yeah. No, no well, everything until I was having to give you a thumbs up because yeah. everything's impossible. Like, there's no way. There w- what the problem was, there was no, there was no, for the pilot and for me, there was no fixed point of reference. Mm. The ocean's moving. Yeah. The wind is moving. The helicopter's moving. The boats are moving. That area of the ocean where they were, where they were pumping the water in to make it softer, less dense for you to hit, <laughs> so less <laughs> chance of injury, <laughs> mate. That seemed, mm. when we were on the uh, ground getting the brief, what, 15 feet was wide? Mm. I thought, oh, that's all right. How yeah. high are we? What, 60, oh, 140 feet? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 140 feet? Oh, that's fine. We'll be able to see it easy. When we got in that helicopter, I looked down. That was like trying to hit the bullseye in a fucking dartboard, <laughs> right? While you were stood on, uh, while you were stood on, um, on, on uh, I don't know, a trap, while you're jumping on a trampoline, throwing the darts. <laughs> <laughs> it was impossible. Oh, it was impossible. In the end, all, like, all I could do was make sure you were over the boats. Because that's mm. how much we were moving. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah. Because the helicopter's been pushed over the boats. If you jump, you can land in the boat. Yeah. So uh, all we could do in the end. Mental. Yeah. It was mental. It was. Mental. Uh, yeah, it was crazy windy. Um, yeah. So no, I didn't. So no, I didn't enjoy it. No. <laughs> it was, w- w- when I jumped, I remember, I remember getting on the skids. I, rem- I remember you going, right, you ready, boy? Oh. And then uh, I got on the skids <laughs> and I looked over to your nervous face. <laughs> <laughs> you look more nervous than me. It was uh, it That's was my concentration face. Yeah, fair one. It was a good face, good face. And uh, yeah, obviously I jumped, um, but but yeah, it just felt like hitting the slipstream. I just felt like it was it was in the back of a herc, and you know the wind was going left to right, and it just blew me, just blew me, you know, blew me round. But yeah, it's all right. It was uh, wasn't too bad. Well. It blew me. It gave me a 180. So uh, if before I just would have, I would have gone out, travelled out, and then pencilled at the last minute. Instead, it 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 took the bottom of my legs out and spammed me back towards the helicopter. And uh, as I kicked down, it wasn't really a kick down. It was more the seated position. <laughs> and uh, yeah, bit of a face plant. But yeah, I was. Uh, I don't think I went very deep either. I think they, they were, I was told. They reckon I'm probably about six feet deep or something. Yeah, Not deep at all. It wouldn't have been deep because the, the way you hit the water, yeah. there was loads of surface area. Yeah, it was just a big slap. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the injuries. Back flop. We did a back flop. Yeah. Well, the injuries I got from it, you know, they're quite good, really, aren't they? So it shows you I was nice and fit before I jumped. So yeah. Thanks, Sean Vine, again. 
<laughs> is the fundraising page still open? No, no, it's uh, it's closed down now. Closed do, it down. How do people keep a track of what you're doing, John? Because we're going to wrap this up. Um, yeah, so... Oh, unless you've got any more to talk about, like that you want to bring up that we haven't already brought up. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's just it's just more keep, keeping an eye on the stunts. Um, so yeah, the next stunt the next stunt that comes out will be another um, GoFundMe page, and that yeah um, and that raises the money for the event. But this next one is going to be nowhere near as expensive as helicopters and stuff. We're going in the air, um, but there's a different method how we're getting in the air, which is quite interesting, quite a good one. Branson likes them, haha. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, and it's a lot. So it's a lot more cost-effective, and then hopefully the charities get more money, which is great. Have you got a website yet? Me, mate. I've already told you about my technical difficulties. Um, Do you want me to set you one up? I'll I'll, I'll sort one for you. <laughs> a website. I built my first. I built my first website in 1998. Uh, 1999, mate. Did Can you? I? Yeah, yeah. I'll do it for you. If you want one, I'll do it. Because it'd be easier to direct. It'd be it. easier to direct every time you're doing it. It'd be easier. Just the same point of reference every time. Johnbream.com. Well, John I've Bream. got Facebook and Instagram. Oh, Insta- I could do with Instagram yeah, but followers. Yeah, but John the Flying Fish Bream. There you go. There you go. The Flying Boom. Fish. Plug. Whatever. But I, 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 we'll t- I'll talk about it after this. All right. Cool. I'll do it for you. Okay. Oh, that'd be not, awesome. Not a drama. And then you could just, on your homepage, you could be whatever you're doing next. You know, whatever you're doing your latest thing, you could have a, a news, you could have the the GoFundMe or fundraising link or whatever. Whatever. You could use it then to your advantage or whatever you want to point people towards to help people. Mm-hmm. Mental health or whatever. Yeah. Then you can do it that way. Signposting, they call that. Boom. There you go. You can have that. <laughs> um... Last, last, last piece of advice, life advice for people. We started off with life advice. Advice. For oh, people. hang on. What is it now? Go on, one liner. Go no, on. John Bream says, "Always have a joke." Oh, I've said that one. <laughs> I've said that one. No, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, hold on. Um, don't always look him in the eye when you shake your hand. There you go. I don't agree don't, with that. I don't, don't agree with that. Yeah, but don't stare too long because it gets weird. <laughs> um been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. No, thank you. Are we high five. Mega, mate, mega. Are we high five. How long was that? It was still going. It was when I was thirteen, oh five, oh six. That was an hour. Oh seven. Oh eight, oh nine. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget H hour podcast merchandise available at shop.charliecharlie1.com you can sign up to become a patron and receive all the podcasts early and other cool bits and bats at uh, patreon.com forward slash hk podcasts and finally another shout out to my sponsors thank you very much for sponsoring me sponsoring the podcast and supporting what i do uh, the Aardvark Group, who since 1982 have been trying to rid the world of unexploded ordnance and landmines, and they employ a, a, a significant percentage of their workforce are ex-military. So go to Aardvark Group to find out more about Aardvark, the Aardvark Group. Uh, also, Unmanned Air Veterans. Unmanned Air Veterans, they are a UAV services company. They provide commercial services where, where UAVs are required for corporations, organizations, Whoever you, whoever you are, need UAV services, and they are entirely veteran-owned and operated. And uh, they used to be UAV systems operators when they were serving. 
loads of experience. So go uh, go onto LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and find unmanned air veterans. Drop them a message. Stu Logan, he's the man at the helm. Get hold of him. And finally, the rugby heroes who, since 2009, have been fundraising for military charities through rugby oriented events. I should say rugby and beer drinking oriented events. In fact, they've also had a beer and gin festival. So that'd be rugby, beer, and gin drinking oriented events. There's more events in 2021. I will see you at them. Rugbyforheroes.org is their website, rugbyforheroes.org. And then on social media, they are at rugby number four heroes. That's it. Until next time. Out.